Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Well, good morning. Wasn't that good? And I, and I hope that uh, if you're visiting here today or if you're a regular attender at Meadowbrook, that encouraged your heart. Uh, because it's important to take time to pray for leadership in each other, and, and so thank you for doing that, and we're grateful for that. And as we dive in together today, uh, we're encouraged that you're here, and we're entering a new season, and it's been a great summer, uh, but the fall is upon us, and it's interesting as we talk about prayer and what's going on at the church, just want to let you know as well, this Wednesday, uh, the staff, we're doing a mini retreat off-site. Uh, just their staff here. We're going to just pray into the year and spend some time together uh, learning and growing and encouraging one another. So that's happening this Wednesday uh, from 9 a.m. to about 1230. We're going to have lunch together as well. We'll be off site. And so our office will be shut down for a little bit in the morning. But pray for us as we gather and meet and connect as we look at this next new season into Meadowbrook and what God has for us. Now, I don't know about you guys. I am actually getting pretty tired of the humidity. Amen. All right, good, good, yeah. And it's funny because it's supposed to be humid the rest of the week, but we're looking forward to what's ahead. I'm a shirts, uh, t-shirt guy, and shorts guy, and a sandals guy, and I gotta tell you, one thing about uh, the fall, which I'm appreciating, is I'm looking forward to actually getting into a hoodie and some warmer clothes because the humidity has been challenging. And we're, as we think about the seasons of change, change is often a part of life, isn't it? And some of us love change, some of us relish change. Other people brush up against change. And I find it interesting that as you talk to different people in different seasons of life, they can adapt and look at change in very different ways. So here's what I want you to do really quickly. Just to your neighbor beside you, I want you to ask your neighbor, how do you feel about change, whether big or small, because we all react differently to big and small changes, but how do you react to change? Really quick, go. So as I mentioned, some of us love change. For others, change rattles our cages. So I'm curious, big or small, because we handle things differently, depending how big the changes are. Sometimes if I move something in our house, like a piece of furniture, which is a very small change in my eyes, but for my wife, it might be a big, significant change. Uh, whereas we look at other things that might be smaller and bigger. So I'm curious, who really engages and welcomes change? Hands up. Okay, how many of you folks rub up against changes and forget about it? Not interested. Okay, how many of you just don't even care? Okay, all right, good. So this is what we're gonna do. This side of the sanctuary, I want you to switch sides everybody on this side, and we'll go back. I'm kidding. Those people that didn't like change were panicking for a second, weren't you? Now this morning, we're gonna talk about a great example of significant change that took place in the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua in the Bible, it covers a period of a time between Moses and the conquest of the Promised Land under the leadership of Joshua. So if you have your Bibles with you or your devices, 
I'm going to be going through Joshua 1, verses 1 to 9. Now, I want to say this. We're not going to be able to cover everything in the Scripture today. There is so much here. Uh, but if you get an opportunity to look at this later on in your quiet time or during the week, I encourage you to do that. As we talk about change, this is a great example of, like I said, significant change that takes place. So I'm going to read, starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates and the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will also be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Having not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, it's significant here, as you think about these changes that are going on here. And what's interesting is God has initiated this change. It has come from him. And what's going on here, in these simple words, it simply says, these five simple words, Moses, my servant, is dead. And Joshua has been come to the realization of that. And he probably knew that already, but God is reminding him and letting him know that my servant is dead. And I find that really an interesting thing to, for, for the Lord to do that. And as you think about what's going on here, the entire direction and faith of Israel is taking a quantum shift. There's new things ahead. The children of Israel were released to move into the new worlds, the promises, and the possibilities that are ahead for them. And Joshua, who is this person? Now, like I said, we're not going to be able to cover all of this, but Joshua and Moses had a very good relationship. And now Joshua is being handed the baton of leadership. He's being told, you are the one going to lead us forward into the promised land. So just a couple of quick examples of the relationship that Joshua and Moses had. Now Joshua is first mentioned in scripture when Moses chose him to lead the Israelite army in battle against the Amalekites, and that's in Exodus 17. Moses and Joshua, again, had a very special relationship. Moses poured into Joshua's life. He entrusted Joshua with the responsibility of being a leader, but also prepared him for the service that was ahead. When Moses went to Mount Sinai to receive the tablets, the Ten Commandments, Joshua joined him in part of that journey. And we read about that in Exodus 24. As Israel scouted out the land of Canaan, Moses sent out Joshua as one of the spies, as, as we read in Numbers 13. Moses proactively, intentionally spent time with Joshua. And he, he spent a lot of time with him because I think he knew that one day he would have to give up the leadership baton. Moses had to do that. And as we think about this, as we think about the changes that are going on, we see that God is doing some tremendous things. And as soon as Moses died, Joshua had to lead. And under Joshua's leadership, Israel enjoyed great prosperity and victory. 
And it's amazing to see how what took place in this transition. Now, let's be reminded, if you don't know the story, as long as Moses was alive, the children of Israel could not enter the promised land. And what happened was the Lord had told Moses, and this is out of Numbers 20. If you get a chance, read it later on. The Lord had told Moses that because of his disobedience in striking the rock, instead of speaking to the rock in the wilderness, that he would be permitted to view the land. He was allowed to view the promised land, but he was not allowed to enter it. And so what was going on here, Moses is dead. Joshua is now being prepared to cross the Jordan River. And that's a, an interesting thing to think about. They're being prepared to go somewhere new, to enter the promised land for what's ahead for them. Now, based on what God has done previously and what we see in Scripture, they could step up with complete confidence that God was going to guide them, that God was going to lead them, that whatever happened in the past that we can reflect back, even as people here this morning, that we can look back in our life when God has done amazing things in our lives. And Joshua is secure enough to know enough to these people that are entering the promised land that good things are ahead. That good things are ahead because God is faithful. He's been faithful in the past, and he'll continue to be faithful into the future. But before they could enter the land, they had to physically cross the Jordan River. And the Bible says that, that they have to believe and get ready to cross the Jordan River. Now, as we think about us as a church, we're kind of in that phase right now as a church. We are looking at crossing the Jordan River together. Uh, we're in a new season of ministry here. We're making some staff changes, etc. And so we're looking at this as entering the promised land as to what God has ahead for us. We're grateful for what Jesus has done in and through this church in the past. Amen to that. Absolutely. But as we look ahead, we want to lean into God as he leads us and he shows us the way. And I know this morning in your mailboxes you received a, a piece of paper that kind of explained our staff transition. And I'm going to unpack that a little bit this morning for all of you to kind of understand a little more detail as to what we're doing and what's ahead for us as well. Now, as you know, Sherry Whitfield, she was up here earlier. That's who she is. She's resigned, and she's enjoying retirement. She's walking into the sunset, ready to retire. And Sherry has done a tremendous job, and we're going to have a chance to bless her down in the future here soon. But we want to say thank you to her as well. And let's give her a hand as well. And as we think about what's ahead, we need to realize that we need to do some shifting in our portfolios. And the MMT, the staff, we've talked about what's going on. The board has talked as well about what's ahead. And there's been great communication just about what's ahead and how we can help each other out in this new season. We simply didn't want to just give you a piece of paper with the portfolios on there without explaining our heart behind this. The why as to we're not looking to hire somebody at this point is simply because we believe wholeheartedly we've got the gifting around the table already. We're going to miss Sherry, absolutely. Yet as we look at our team, we're going, you know what? Let's see what we can do in-house first before we do anything else. And we believe that our staff has the right folks to lead us forward into the next season. Now, I want to qualify that as well by saying this. We're going to look at this. We're going to review this and revisit this as we continue to move forward. So a couple of things for you. Jake mentioned earlier the Board of Elders. There's some pictures for you in case you didn't know who they are. That's our Board of Elders. Continue to pray for them. They stand in the gap for us. And as we, as we operate as a church, just so you're aware, the board of elders is involved and oversees the big picture at our church. And we as staff work with them as well, the ministry management team, and we work together to bring the vision forward for Meadowbrook Church. 
And so those are your elders. Pray for them. If you get a chance, you see them in the foyer or at the expo, just say thank you for the service because they take time out of their lives, uh, out of their busy schedules to be a part of Meadowbrook and what's ahead. The staff relations team, it was mentioned earlier, they are basically the HR team. They help us out with any issues that come up and they're doing a really good job as well. We encourage you to say thank you to them too for what they're doing. They come alongside and they help us with the in-house things that we're dealing through. And it's been really positive to have a team like that uh, for the church. Uh, so again, you saw them up front earlier. Our ministry management team, okay, this is what it consists of. I'm gonna fly through this fairly quickly. Uh, however, the board will be available after, the rest of the staff will be available after. If you have any questions and any concerns as well. I wanna say this too, we're not covering every single detail in this message today in terms of staff portfolios. We're covering kind of the big rocks as to what's ahead. Does that make sense? And in terms of the finances, the finance team has spoken into this. The staffing changes we're making, as you'll see here, will not significantly impact the budget. So that's a good thing as well. So here we go, diving right in. Chris Walker, you guys know who he is. He gives us the word every Sunday, and we're grateful for that. What's gonna happen here is, he's gonna take over life groups and oversee that portfolio. That's what Sherry used to do. That will transfer over to Chris. That's part of the discipleship, okay? That's part of what we're trying to do for discipleship ministries as well. Streamline is our monthly newsletter that we put out. Chris will help oversee that as well, and he'll continue to do pastoral care, and I'll speak more into pastoral care in a minute. We all do pastoral care on the staff team. Chris oversees it primarily for people as they come through the doors. However, we're looking at changing the model, and I'll speak into that a little bit more. Xavier, he's our youth worship media pastor. So we've added a couple of things to his name there. Now I wanna say this real quick. Working with youth is great, and working with parents is, is good as well. He does a lot of work with the youth, and he's gonna deal with a vast array of issues with kids that are going through a lot this year and in our lives today, aren't they? It's a lot different than when I was a kid. Kids today are dealing with vast issues, and him and his team continue to do a good job, and we wanna encourage them as in there as well. So again, he'll do website and technology, which is our website, which is our video camera stuff. He's got a team that helps out there. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, youth and young adults, that's pretty self-explanatory, and he'll continue to do worship ministry as well for the church moving forward. Kids and Connects Director. Now you see a different change in her title. She used to just be the Kids Director, Sarah, and now she'll become the Kids Connections Director. What that essentially means is this. Sarah will begin to work full-time here October 15th. Well done. <laughs> Clapping without cue, well done. And we're excited about that because Sarah has two jobs right now, and she's back and forth between two, and she does a good job with her other role. And yet, sometimes it's really difficult to dive all in. So moving forward, she'll be full-time. She'll be working with kids and families, which she's already doing, which is great. Uh, she'll help with general office assistance with Susan, and I'll explain that a little bit more. Basically, that's this kind of day-to-day -day admin and what we're gonna be doing together as a staff. We're creating a church-wide database to help kind of streamline and communicate with people and who's coming in and through our church so we can kind of shut the back door as people come visit us we can shut that back door a little bit more and she'll be overseeing that as well guest services uh, greeters the hub cafe ushers and hospitality all those wonderful people you see at the front door as they come in to the church as you come in people that greet you there at the hub Sarah helping oversee that including the ushers as well they all do such a great job and we need to remember that 
they're our front lines, aren't they? And they do a great job making you feel welcome. Sarah also help out with following up with new guests that come to Meadowbrook. Uh, a fancy word for that is church assimilation. Essentially means to connect people. And so what we've done is we've taken Sherry's role and we've spread it around the staff, but, but Sarah will be carrying a major part of what's gonna be happening moving forward. Susan Friesen, she will become our administrator director. She'll be our main office admin person, which is exciting, and she does a great job. And she'll also help oversee pastoral care. Now, I wanna unpack that really quickly. In a growing church, it's really difficult for one person or just staff to do pastoral care. What we're looking forward to doing is creating a team of pastoral care people. I want you to think about it like this. This is how we explain it to the staff. Deacons on steroids, basically, is what it will look like. Because we need to create a team of people that can help oversee and help out in pastoral care. It's not fair to Pastor Chris or the rest of us that we do it all, because what's gonna happen out, burnout will occur, and also, when you have different people in different seasons, the more people you have, the more you're gonna be able to relate with one another as well, not just with one person. And so Susan will not take over pastoral care tomorrow. It's not happening right away. Her hours will change in November, but we're slowly gonna transition her there. And she's not gonna be doing the pastoral care. She'll be a part of it for sure, because she's got a great heart, especially for women. But we wanna help her create a team uh, to train people. And that's where you can get involved as well. If you feel like the Lord is saying to you that this is an area that you wanna get involved in, we encourage you to do that. And that's what the Expo is about as well, that we can talk about how you can evolve at the church. So Susan's hours will change. They will increase in November, but she will be our main office administrator. She's picking up a lot of pieces. Uh, yet she's also going to be helping with pastoral care. Again, we're not handing over the baton right away. That's going to be a slow transition as we rethink pastoral care. Susan Fast, she continues to do a great job caretaking of the building. If you not have noticed, I would encourage you to appreciate her because it's because of her this building is clean, and we shouldn't take that for granted. And she does a really good job, and we're grateful for her. Her role will stay the same, and she's been a, a real great, big part of our staff team, and we're grateful for her as well. So again, say thank you to her. Myself, what a handsome man, isn't he? <laughs> I will continue to help out with the board and oversee the mission and the vision of the church. Operations is day-to-day, -day, systems in place, uh, different things like that. Leading the ministry management team, which is the staff. I'll help continue to oversee evangelism. Uh, leadership development and community connections, which, which includes the youth bridge. I took off uh, discipleship out of my plate. Chris will now be doing that. And so that's kind of what I'm leaning into as well. Did you guys catch all that? Yeah. All right. Who's excited? Yeah. You should be. Because we wholeheartedly believe that God has some great things ahead for us as a church. And it's going to be good. Now, let me dive back into bringing this all together. Now, as we look at the word here, as we talked about what's been going on here and the baton of leadership being handed over to Joshua, God shares his promises as well. In verses three to five, he says this, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I'll also be with you. I never leave you nor forsake you. See, when we face difficult situations, when we see detours in front of us, when we see dangerous paths in front of us, we need to be reminded 
that God is with us, that he's walking with us. And in this new season of Meadowbrook, and maybe this new season of life you're in this year, maybe God is calling you to do something. Maybe you need to be reminded as well that God is with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And we need to understand as well, because I think sometimes in our life, we can forget that God is with us. That he may have forsaken us, even though he says he never will, because we focus so much on our circumstance, and we forget how big God is. I remember when I first came to Christ, I attended a Bible school in Calgary. And the first year, it was a year program, and six months into my program there, my life was in shambles. And I won't get into all the details, but things were going terribly wrong for me back at home in Vancouver with my family. And it was so bad that my nickname at school for that year, they called me Job, which was not appropriate because I don't deserve that title, but they called me that because of all the stuff I went through in such a short period of time. And at a moment in my life, I had forgotten that God is with me always. I felt like he had forsaken me. And I remember going to the chapel one day. I'm going to share my heart here. I went to the chapel one day, just me and God in the chapel, and we had it out. We had it out. I was mad. I was confused. I went all the way from Vancouver to Calgary, sold a lot of possessions to get there to pay for my tuition. What is going on with my family back home? I can't do anything about it because they don't know I'm at a Christian school. All these other things that are going on. I felt helpless. I felt completely helpless. And I remember sitting in this chapel just telling God what I was feeling. And it wasn't a great conversation. I was using super kind words. I was mad. And I was frustrated. And yet in that room, as I continued to rant at Jesus, I was reminded by the Holy Spirit in the midst of this this outbreak in my spirit that Jesus is with me. And the Holy Spirit reminded me and gave me comfort in that moment. And I remember leaving that chapel and whatever was ahead that I could deal with well because my God was with me. Not because I had all the answers, because of what God can do in and through us. I tell you that story to encourage you as well. Maybe some of you are in that moment in your life today where you've raised up your hand to God and say, what is going on? I feel like you've given up on me. Where are you? I need your presence. I don't sense you anymore. I want to encourage you to stay hang in there. He has not forsaken you. He has not given up on you. He is with you, heart and soul. And I hope you know that because the Bible tells us that. Not because of what I say, it's because of what the Word says. And whatever you're facing, face it with God. Don't face it alone. And here's the thing. I think it's okay to be honest with God about how you're feeling. It's okay to tell him how you're feeling. It's okay to tell him if you're frustrated or confused or don't know what's going on. I think sometimes we forget that. And I would encourage you as you've expressed whatever emotion you've gone through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's ahead in this next season, be encouraged to know that God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Even in the darkest circumstance when you feel all alone in a room by yourself and you don't know what's ahead. God continues to share principles that are helpful for us and he tells us to have strength, to have courage, and to be obedient for what's ahead for us as well. And he says this out of verses 7, moving forward from there. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you Do not turn from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, 
so that it may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Strength, courage, obedience, and meditation. See, God isn't telling Joshua that everything's going to be great and wonderful. He's not saying that. There's no promise for easy days ahead. There's nothing like that. But what he's saying is, the hope and the courage we can have is through God. And that's where it comes from. See, we're not originators of change in our life, but rather we're responders to what God does in and through us. We respond as he moves. And Joshua is responding to a huge change in leadership, to what's ahead. And he's, he's definitely connected, and he's all in about making this change as he walks forward. Now, it's obvious that in order for us to move into the next place of promise, we got to keep God with us. We can't do it by ourselves. We need to remember the path to fulfillment and fruitfulness demands that we put our stuff aside, that we put our agendas aside, that we put our own issues aside in terms of saying, I'm going to lead the way. But we say, Lord, lead me in and through this because you've been faithful in the past and you remain to be faithful moving forward as well. So we need to be open to the change of new possibilities. Meadowbrook is in that season right now. We're open to the change of what's ahead. And maybe God has laid something on your heart that you need to be open about. Maybe you're pushing up against it and say, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not ready. But maybe God is saying you need to. Now, most of the year, the Jordan River was about 100 feet wide and only 3 to 10 feet deep. However, when the Israelites crossed, it was at flood stage. It was absolutely at flood stage. It was during harvest, and the rivers were overflowing and they were swollen, and it was treacherous for them to get through. Nothing except for the hand of God could make this happen, for them to cross over. And before they're supposed to cross over, Joshua told the people to consecrate themselves. And he says this, if you consecrate yourselves, tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now the people of God were commanded in this context here to bathe and change their clothes. Married couples were to devote themselves wholly to the Lord in that time. The bathing that they did, the changing of the clothes that they did in this moment was symbolizing the beginning and what's ahead. It was a chance to say, sin has caused us to be defiled, but we are going to be cleansed and truly follow God. And that's what's going on here. The next day, as it happens in the story, as you look at scripture here, he assembled them about half a mile away with the Ark of the Covenant. And again, if you don't know the story of what's going on here, I encourage you to read scripture later on. And he tells the Levite priest to carry the Ark to the Jordan River. And as soon as the priest, is amazing, visualize this, as soon as the priest waded in the, into the water with the ark, the water stopped flowing. It piled up in heaps, 20 miles north near the village of Adam. And it was cut off also at the south. And while the priest waded with the ark in the middle of the river, the entire nation crossed on dry ground. The power behind God is unbelievable. There's no picture that can, I can show you on the screen that will give it justice as to what it looked like that day. But can you imagine being there? This river is raging, and it's in flood stage, and you know what's going on. And here comes the Ark of the Covenant, and they step into the water, and the water stops. That is our God. That is the power of who he is in our life, and that's something we need to consider. Now, we talked a lot about here about preparing to cross the Jordan River. And that's the part I want to finish off with. 
You know, we at Meadowbrook are an exciting time, aren't we? Good times are ahead. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean the enemy is going to attack even more so because he knows that the Lord is using this church to further his kingdom and each of you as well. And those are good things. And yet perhaps in your life, maybe Jesus is saying to you, are you ready to cross the Jordan? Are you ready to look ahead and forget what's behind? Not forgetting God's faithfulness, but forgetting some of the circumstances that hold us back into a brighter future with the Lord Jesus. Are you in that place in your life where you're saying, I need to cross the river? Maybe God is saying, now it's the time. Now it's the time to walk across. Maybe you need to make a career change. Maybe in a relationship that you need to get out of. Maybe there's some financial decisions you need to make. Maybe you need to take a step of faith and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not sure where you're at, but perhaps the Lord is calling you, as he's called this church, to cross the Jordan for what's ahead. Because we trust in who he is in our life. Now, I hope you're encouraged by that. But as, he, as he's speaking to you about crossing the Jordan, let's be reminded of this as well in terms of the Jordan River. See, the Jordan River matters. It's a very important river in the Bible. They crossed over here to get into the Promised Land. And when that happened, Joshua placed 12 stones in the Jordan to remind Israel that God had brought them across the Jordan to freedom as a reminder. Elijah crossed the Jordan just before he was taken up into the sky, and Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River. See, the Jordan River is very significant, isn't it? It's like our river. It's literally our river. And there's great significance to this happening. It wasn't just a physical journey. It was a spiritual journey as well. And maybe that's us today that you've come. And as we look ahead to what's ahead for Meadowbrook, and we know change is coming, and it's happening, and we say this to you as well, show us grace and mercy in this change as well, because it's going to take some time. It's going to take some adjustment. And we will do the same for you, because change is hard. But sometimes change is necessary. And as we stand by the banks of the river, as we are on the edge of the water, as a church and as people, are you willing to cross? Are you willing to cross for what's ahead as God leads you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for, thank you for the Jordan River. Thank you for what it symbolizes for us and the example. And I pray, Lord, that you would show us as a church what's ahead. Thank you for the staff, thank you for the leadership, for the board, the SRT, for everyone that's supporting Meadowbrook Church, both up front and behind the scenes. And we pray, Lord Jesus, as we face the Jordan in front of us, as we look to cross over, I pray, Jesus, that you would lead us in all things, that we would follow you, that you'd give us the wisdom and the unity moving forward. Thank you for what we already have there, and I pray, Lord, you continue to enrich it. Thank you for this church and for people today that have come and that are sitting in the banks of the water to say, Lord, I know you're calling me. What do I do? I pray in Jesus' name that you give them strength. You give them wisdom. You give them courage to cross over. The water might look rough in front of them right now, Lord. But I pray in Jesus' name you'd part that water and bring a sense of calmness and hope and encouragement. And Lord, as they cross over, as they stand on the banks and say, I'm all in. I pray, Lord, that that physical crossing would also be a spiritual crossing, a deeper walk with you, a deeper commitment to you. 
Lord, thank you for each one. Thank you for this time this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Now, before we wrap up with a worship song, I'm going to call Jake back up. He just wants to share something else as well. We have one uh, more item that we wanted to bring to you, especially the membership. Um, the MMT, Ministry Management Team, and the Board of Elders uh, are looking at what the titles of our our pastors and staff might be, and and we wanna we wanna bless them with the proper titles. Um, so we're, we're we're wondering if for our our MGM for the um, the year-end uh, meeting that we have, if we could discuss what the title could be for Sarah Alashkar. Um, Sarah's not looking for the title of pastor, but we're wondering if you would consider maybe giving her that title. That's something that we want to talk about then. Um, we're not pushing that, but um, we want to bless her and encourage her. So um, that's, what, that's what this is about. If you have any questions about that, you can talk to me or one of the one of the board members but as something that we will discuss at our annual meeting uh so yes there you go carry on we've been challenged this morning to look at what is the next step that god is calling us to you know maybe we're going through some stuff that isn't easy and we feel like uh, god is not with us trust me he's with you he's with you he wants to take the next step with you he wants to lead you to the next step he's brought you this far he's not going to drop you so praise God that he's there and, and we can walk with him pick up that challenge uh, we have the the expo in the gym and we're having a lunch so it gives you an opportunity to see what's going on in our church and the ministries that are available maybe you want to get involved um, and challenge you we need people to get involved, to do, and, and to, to get the things done that have to be done. So please join us there. Um, yeah, I'm gonna close in prayer. Uh, don't forget, we're gonna have uh, prayer ministry up front here after I close. Um, so please, if you wanna visit, go out into the foyer and allow those, if they, if they wanna come forward, if you have uh, prayer requests and prayer needs, please feel free. That's what, that's what this is all about. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for being here with us. We thank you that you always are. And this is your church. This is your body that we're a part of. We thank you that you have a plan and a purpose in everything. And as we seek to find that, as we seek to step out in, in faith as Joshua did, uh, we trust that you will go before us. You will show us next steps. You've given us the big picture. We're, we're here to lead others to Christ and follow, to follow you. We ask that you will guide us through each and every step. Help us to be open and willing to go. Thank you for what you're going to do. And go with us now in Jesus' name. Father, we also want to thank you for the lunch, the food that's being prepared. I pray that you'll bless that to our, our body's use in Jesus' name. Amen.